Hello and welcome to the Carolina Snowflakes podcast, where two Southerners come to terms with their liberal snowflake tendencies. We're your hosts. I'm Amanda. And I'm Jason. And we're here with this week's episode of the Carolina Snowflakes podcast. This one is called, Am I Homophobic? Uh-oh. And uh, the short answer is yes. Yes, you are. Um, I? What, me? Yeah, whoever, anyone. <laughs> uh, short answer is yes. Uh, referring to me, yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I don't want to be homophobic. Um, no one wants to be homophobic, I think. Uh, but I think it's like kind of built into the culture. That's kind of the argument that I'm, I'm going to make here. Um, now, I... Also want to clarify that I can't speak for non-cisgendered white, straight white men. <laughs> um, that This is who I'm referring to in this episode. Um, I can't speak for uh, other groups. But for, for straight white men, I know a bunch of them, and I happen to be one. <laughs> and uh, we're all homophobic, at least a little bit, just to different degrees. Okay. Every last one of us. And I have a hypothesis that that extends to the rest of the population, but I have no way to confirm or deny that. Um, you are a woman though, so you could maybe speak to, uh, white cisgendered straight women. Yeah. Do they tend to be homophobic? <laughs> Ragingly so, yes. Y- yeah, so, <laughs> so we, I-, I think it's a fair assumption to assume that that extends out to pretty much the entire population. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's wrong to guess that. And I think that it's cultural. Yeah, it, yes, we are all a little bit homophobic, racist, sexist. Yeah, I think so. And I noticed that I had a symptom of it myself the other day. Um, and I've been thinking a lot about it since I noticed it. And I wanted to do this episode to talk, to open up and be a little bit vulnerable myself in something I have found in myself that was homophobic that bothered me. And so I wanted to talk about it and address it and bring it out there in the hopes that um, I won't be the only one then I won't be left being like the only lone self-admitted person who's done some homophobic <laughs> shit. And that maybe somebody out there or you uh, would also come in and say, hey, I've done a similar thing. Don't feel too bad, you crazy homophobe. Right. That's what I'm hoping to get from this, but I'm, I don't have a lot of hope. Yeah. <laughs> Most people don't like admitting things bad about themselves, but I wanted to lead by example. Okay. So um, there's a show called MTV uh, Catfish. Uh, it's a show you and I both... Love. We watched the shit out of that show. It's a great show. I've literally seen every episode. <laughs> it's been on for a really long time. Yes. And if you're not familiar, the premise of the show is people will get catfished on the internet, which is where someone pretends that they're someone else mm-hmm. online and uses that to seduce you, get you into a relationship. Uh, get t- your money. Get money from you. Mm-hmm. Trick you in some way. Sometimes all they want is attention. Sometimes they want money. Sometimes they want both. Well, we're flipping through episodes of the show, and we've seen you've seen all of them, and I've mm-hmm. seen most of it. And I, I'm looking on the on the uh, Amazon Prime, and I'm flipping through the random episodes, and I'm like, well, I'll just pick random ones that I haven't seen. But they're named the the titles of the episodes are the names of the people involved, so it'll be like Cammy and Josh, Tammy and Bill, and then some of the episodes are uh, lesbians, so it'll be like you know Lauren and Kayla. And then some of the episodes are gay guys, so it'll be like Zach and Bob, you know? (laughs) And I found that in the back of my mind as I'm scrolling through, the ones that are two definitely guy names, especially if they're like definitely like normal, normal ass guy names like Zach and Bob, Mm -hmm. I will just kind of be like, eh, not that one and skip to the next one 
But I didn't do the same thing when it was two girl names, and I didn't do the same thing when it was definitely black names. So you would see something like Tremaine and Sparkayla, and you'd be like, those are probably African Americans, but I wouldn't tend to skip those episodes. And I wouldn't tend to skip the lesbian ones. The only episodes that my brain just by default skipped over were the ones with two guy names, especially if they were like standard ass, like Josh and, you know, Tom. Right. Um, Because my brain just rejected that. Like Josh and Tom, that's weird. But it's not. It's it's not. And that was my internalized homophobia. That was in homophobia that's in my body and in my brain coming out mm-hmm. in a way that I was able to notice and put my finger on. And it made me feel kind of bad, yeah. if I'm being honest. When I noticed it, I was like, I don't feel real good about that. Yeah, it was it was why you wanted to do this episode. Because you, when you realized it, you, you asked me, you're like, am I homophobic? Yeah. <laughs> and you were like, well, a little bit, yeah. And I was like, yeah, a little bit. And to me, I realized that that's true. And I also realized that it can be two things at once. It could be, A, I'm not the target audience for specifically gay programming. Um, but there's a difference between, we talked about this, there's a difference between programming that is for uh, the homosexual community or gay and programming that's for everyone but has gay people in it. Mm-hmm. And Catfish is programming that's for everyone, for everyone but sometimes has gay people in it. Uh-huh. And an aversion to that is homophobia. But for me to say, like, I don't want to watch RuPaul's Drag Race, I'm not really the target audience for RuPaul's Drag Race. So there's a lot of people that don't want to watch it. Uh, Because they're not the target audience. I mean, RuPaul's Drag Race is for, I think that's for gays and women. Yeah, I think so too. (laughs) I think so. I think uh, there's a difference between not being in the target audience and and then uh, being and then a show that you enjoy and avoiding the gay episodes. Like I think those are two separate issues. I should specify gay and straight women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, I don't know if gay women watch Drag Paul RuPaul's Drag Race. Or I not. have, n- I don't, I have no idea. I don't know enough gay women to to speak to that. But let's just say the point is is that like I don't watch Queer Eye for the straight guy, but I'm not interested in fashion and I'm not interested in somebody's closet and what clothes they have. <laughs> So, like, I'm just not the target audience for that show. <laughs> it's not homophobic that I don't watch it because it's not, it's just, I'm not the I audience. I suspect that even if you were gay, I don't think, just personality-wise, yeah, it wouldn't be you that would my watch kind of that show. show anyway. Exactly. So, that's where my brain starts going is, like, how do I pick apart the differences? And what I realized is the reason I was upset about this catfish one is because it is an example of what I consider to be just homophobia. It has nothing to do with not liking the show. It has nothing to do. It's only the fact that it was two names of two guys. And that, uh, by default, my brain t- kind of tried to reject. The Yes, two clearly masculine names. Mm-hmm. And it's a show where the whole premise is that they have some sort of intimate, yes. loving relationship yeah and it made me feel bad it really did and it made me start examining my own uh thoughts and beliefs and i realized that yeah like i have some internalized homophobia that i want to get rid of and one of the ways i figured to get rid of it was watch those episodes so i purposefully try to make sure i don't skip over those ones you purposefully watched zach and bob yeah (laughs) and although it was you know not the best episode of catfish and i think we could all like i think if you watched all the episodes and then the one that I'm thinking of, you would agree, it wasn't really the best episode of Catfish. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had no way of knowing that. Uh, I just judged it from the names. And so that, I feel like, is like, uh, I don't know, it's something I wanted to admit. 
because I wanted to put it out there because I think other people do it too. I don't think I'm the only one that has found something like that happening. And I, I kind of wanted to ask you some questions about it and like okay. sort of have a dialogue and see where we could where we could get because you're not a gay man, but you are a woman. Um, so what are you trying to say? That's close enough. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, the joke there, that was a joke, the implication <laughs> that that was close enough. But what I really meant was that you're not in the same sort of cisgendered, straight, white community uh, uh, of men that I've grown up in my entire life. Right. Um, And so it's an outsider, someone who's not in that group that I could ask. Because I could ask all my straight, white dude friends, and they're all like, yeah, it's not for you, man. Don't worry about it. No, no one wants to watch two dudes touch dicks, really, anyway. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> That's the answer I'm going to get from them. Yeah. Uh-uh. So I, I figured I need to go outside for help in okay. this particular scenario. Okay. So that's what we're going to do here today. So just to preface before I ask my first question, I wanted to say that um, in my life, um, my mind has been changed about things through dialogue and through conversation and uh, previously held beliefs and things that I was um, thought that I was immovable on have been moved by by having conversation and being open and by asking questions and listening to what people have to say. And I feel like a lot of straight white men, my cohort, are really bad at that. And they're not very good at knowing, A, what questions to ask and B, how to listen and be receptive to the answers and then maybe change their mind about something. Um, but I think that for me, it's possible. And I hope that I could demonstrate for other straight white men <laughs> that... There's a way to to proceed in dialogue about this where you can actually learn and find out what's right and not just defend your position. And so I think a big part of what I wanted to do here was explain that and to show a little bit of how I would think that would work. So my first question is is along the lines of exactly what we've been talking about here, and it's about um, how do I pick apart uh, my preference for for viewing material or you know, looking at what I'm reading online or what I'm listening to on a podcast uh, from something like homophobia uh, or or um, racism. So if if there's a program or something that I don't want to watch or listen to, um, how do I know if it's because of some kind of internalized bias that I have or just preference? That's a really good question. Mm -hmm. That's a hard one, um, especially because I think it's a slippery slope that could easily devolve into trying to defend you know, and say that it's a preference when in fact it's a bias. It's it's yeah, you're racist or you're mm -hmm. homophobic or whatever. Um, so am I? Are you saying that some people use preference as a defense for their bias? Oh yeah, all the time. Yeah, 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 all the time. Mm -hmm. And a lot of like, for example, dating. A lot of times you'll hear that people have never dated a person of color. Yeah. Um, and they'll say, well, I just am not attracted to them. Mm -hmm. And that's, they're using, they're using a preference to excuse a bias, a bias, a, a racial bias. Yeah. And I mean, is there any way we could ever pick those two things apart or are they kind of so intertwined you don't really know? I think you probably can pick them apart a little bit. I guess it would have to boil down to how 
how that thing or that person or that show episode made you feel in a in that moment yeah so it's like an internalized yeah it's very like you have to i guess have some pretty good Mm self-awareness to even probably pick up on it yourself like are you changing the channel because you actually think the show is terrible Mm -hmm. or are you changing the channel because you're like repulsed or yeah. turned off or mm-hmm. um you just and, and it and it's because of the 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 people that you're seeing. So let me g- give an example then. If you're uh just a standard dude and you're sitting on the couch and you're watching monster truck racing and you're just digging it, they're they're jumping the monster trucks over cars and they're while you're scratching crushing your balls. cars, you're scratching your balls, you're drinking, you're sipping your <laughs> beer. And then the the two winners, the the first and second place are are two guys with beards and they're really happy and they hug each other and kiss each other on the lips and then you change the channel immediately. That would be bias, right? Because well, you were digging the monster trucks until it unless, got gay. Well, it depends. Did you change the channel because you realized that something else was on that's better oh, like than the, monster trucks? Well, in this scenario, there is nothing better than okay, monster trucks. Nothing better. Okay. Yeah. Well, if you... <laughs> then, yeah, I think if you immediately changed the channel mm-hmm. and then went and burned your favorite monster truck t-shirt yeah. because some guy kissed another guy, right. that's probably homophobia. Yeah, that's bias yeah. because it's not like it was something you didn't prefer. It just, it, you loved it until it got gay was my point. <laughs> yes, until it got gay. Yes. Yeah. You're right. I, I, okay. So I feel like I see that happen a lot. I've, I, I feel like I've seen guys do that before and i've even probably done it myself fuck i'm just gonna be honest mm-hmm. um but i don't like that about myself and i certainly think it's something that i should change i mean but how do you do it how do you work on changing i guess you know it's a good comparison would be when those moments happen if to separate preference from bias mm-hmm. would be put a straight couple in place, mm-hmm. would you have had the same reaction? Yeah, or right. Put a white person in place, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Would you have had the same reaction? Oh, that's a good. If you're like, yes, I would, because that bothers me. Then maybe it's a preference. Yeah. But if you're like, well, no, that would be okay, acceptable. Yeah. Then, then maybe you're like, oh. Okay, so are you saying that if queer eye for the straight guy was just like fashion dudes talking fashion and they were all straight and they were just talking about fashion and how they could dress each other up nice. I wouldn't like that show either. Right. And that's kind of, I said that. I was like, even if you were gay. Yeah. I still don't think you would watch that show. So that's more of a preference than a bias. Because the content really isn't something. Hmm. I know you pretty well. And I can safely Hmm. say you don't generally watch a lot of like (laughs) how to fashion shows. Yeah, no, I don't. (laughs) Well, that's interesting. So, so it's a very much an individual thing. It's about how you feel about something. It's a, you have to have really good self awareness, and I think you have to also want to be aware. Mm-hmm. That's part of the problem too. Yeah. Well, so that brings me to my next question, um, and this comes from actually I was watching an episode of Doctor Phil that was about gender pronouns and uh, people who were uh, non-binary and all that. Yeah. And the discussion was around pronouns and complicated and the the uh the transgendered person they kept saying like i understand that this is very complicated and they put up little charts of different things and how it all works and i kept hearing it reinforced that they understand that this is really complicated and 
I, from this conversation we're having here, it seems like what even this internalized homophobia is pretty complicated. Mm -hmm. And my question is, if it is really complicated, like it seems like it is, what makes you think that people in America who have proven over and over again to be complete fucking morons <laughs> would be able to grasp something that even you admit is complicated? Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, that one, I, that one I'm still struggling with. I'm like, okay, well, if you guys know that it's complicated. Yeah. Th and you know that everyone is really stupid. If you know that collectively we're pretty dumb. Yeah. <laughs> it might take a while for us to understand something complicated. Yeah. It's going to take a hot minute is right. my thing. And I don't like that because that means we're going to have to suffer through this for a really long time because people are too stupid to understand something complicated. Um, and that sucks. That's why it's like cryptocurrency. Nobody gets that either. And so, you know, it's because it's complicated. Mm -hmm. And so we end up with people with crazy ideas that have nothing, no relationship to reality about the thing. And I don't know. I don't know how, what the solution to that is. I would love to talk to some advocates and see what they had to say about about that. Like. Is there a way that we could expedite this process? Can we speed this up? <laughs> yeah, because this whole this whole it's really complicated thing, mm -hmm. as much as I understand that that's the way that it is and it's hard, it's just not going to move people, I don't think. And I, I, I worry about that. I worry about that as somebody who wants it to be better, that the strategy of explaining these complicated things that have to do with your internal feelings, it's just not landing as much as I would want it to. And I would love to know how I could help make that happen. I mean, this is my best chances doing this podcast and trying to explain how I think we could talk better. Um, well, having this conversation is definitely a good step. Yeah, it's, it was the best thing I could think of. Um, but I'll tell you this. So in undergrad, I had to read a book called The Social Construction of Reality. Mm -hmm. And it very nerdily breaks down how social concepts are created. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, it takes a long time. Yeah. Like it takes generations okay. for ideas and understandings of identities mm. and terminology to become normal okay. to become everyday and okay. just the way things are. Mm -hmm. So as much as I too would love to expedite what we know about how things are constructed socially, they take a really long yeah. time and it takes repetitiveness mm -hmm. of like basically beating it into mm -hmm. your brain. Okay. You know? Well, I, I certainly believe that it's worth the fight. No, I do too. Yeah. I'm just saying, I'm just addressing the whole- That it's going to take a while. The speed with okay. which change actually happens is pretty slow. I will say one kind of exception to that in recent history would be the Me Too movement. Mm -hmm. But I think that that had such a huge impact as quickly as it did was because it was so- vocalized mm -hmm. and because there were so many cases mm -hmm. and so many people talking and yeah. sharing all at once uh -huh. that made the attention yeah it was kind of like a straw camel's back thing like it had been building for a right. very long yeah time. i mean it wasn't like suddenly in the last 20 years women in mm -hmm. the workplace were you know yeah. getting sexually harassed yeah it's been worse. building for like hundreds this, of years oh yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's just a build up, and finally there was this momentum okay. and a platform that that affected change. Okay, but that happened pretty quickly, so I'll give it that. Yeah, um, it's still happening, but generally speaking, mm -hmm. you have 
many, 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 many steps involved uh-huh. in actually changing everything from language and how we use it to um, laws then that address mm-hmm. disparities um, and then to just accepting what is how it is. Okay. Well, that, that seems that seems to be true, and it seems like um, that what you're saying is that, like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like what you're saying is like, yeah, we're in it for a long haul. It's not going to be better by the time it's part I of die. Being, I mean, it's part of just being a member of society, whatever yeah. that society is. It's, yeah. That's just part of life. Well, I know that I would like to do my best to fight to change it as best I can while I'm here, to be on the right side of it, because I know what the right side of it is. Yeah. Um, that seems obvious to me. Human beings are human beings, and they should all be treated with respect and have the same opportunities. And- I've been convinced of that at least since I was 20 um and you know I started to see the world as it is and you know these some of these ideas become presented to me mm-hmm. um and it was like okay the world isn't fair but it should be and I think it's disheartening sometimes to see that that it's going to take so long because as a white man I like to think I don't know. We make change happen real fast when we want to. Yeah, that's We're your, in control. <laughs> that's your white man entitlement. Yeah. So my white man entitlement is like, okay, well, there's this thing with homophobia and racism. We need to fix it. I'm a white man. I say we need to fix it. Why isn't it better? Yeah. You're like, listen, I'm white guy. Yeah. Why isn't it here. better? Why American white guy at that. Yeah. Why is this not resolved? Yeah. Are we not moved on yet? Yeah. I, <laughs> it seems obvious. I'm a white guy. I want to do it. So why isn't it done? <laughs> Um, and uh-huh. I can certainly feel like some of that is probably at play here is that there's some sort of entitlement to me of like, it seems so obvious to me and I'm a white dude. So it should be obvious to everyone. Um, I, I think there's probably some of that happening here because I feel in- intensely frustrated by the fact that it's slow. It's slow mm-hmm. going. I've right. been talking about gay rights. That feeling of frustration though as you pointed out, is because you're an entitled white man. I think man. so. I think you're so. You're just used to things getting done your way when you want them done. Uh, yeah. And you're like, listen, I'm helping. Yeah. This needs to be fixed now. Yeah. And it's not being, and it's pissing me off. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, part imagine of the people that you're trying to help. I know. That have been I know. dealing with it that don't get to have that entitlement. I know. I know. I, I certainly can view it that way. And I, I, I try really hard to think about to think about like okay what do i think a better world would look like and how could could i get us there and i noticed that changing language seems to be a big part of the uh equation mm-hmm. and i'm just not so certain about that mm-hmm. and i don't know if this is fear or, or internalized homophobia or transphobia or what but to me the idea of trying to change the language uh seems like a like a, no, a non-starter it just it seems like it's not going to work um, and I would give an example. So they've tried to add, you know, third and fourth gender pronouns. Uh, v is one they've tried to do. V-I, it was a French thing. Right. Um, and they never work. Mm-hmm. Um, they've tried a bunch of times and it just doesn't ever catch on. And my theory about why is because language is hard to change. I've actually done some some reading about language. Noam Chomsky is a really great writer who writes about linguistics. And one of the things all linguistics writers talk about is that language takes generations to change and you can't really do it purposefully um it's it's almost impossible especially to change like geographic locations to change the names of those things is almost impossible that's why we have cities that are named after things the name it was before uh white people even got here Uh because it's that hard to change language and so my question is like 
knowing that from a linguistics perspective, it seems frustrating to me sometimes that the focus is so much on the language changing because I know that that's almost impossible to do. Um, I disagree a little bit. Yeah. I think that it is possible to change the language. I do agree that it is difficult. Yeah, it is. But I do think that it's necessary. Yeah. It is necessary to come to a point where we change the language or else we will continue to perpetuate the biases. I think I struggle with that one because I know that you're probably right and that it's probably true. But I also know that language is like a really particular finicky little thing that... It has to do with the way that we process information and the way that we think. Language is a lot bigger than just communication. Mm -hmm. um, I always find it frustrating when, you know, uh, people define uh, the purpose of language is to communicate because it's like, no, the purpose of language is to think. You think in your language. Mm -hmm. um, computers think in their language. That's an easier way to grasp it. You um, also hold biases in your language. Yeah, you do. The biases that have been That's handed down in your language. That's why it's important to work towards changing the language. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm man, not, it's just so but hard, But I will though. agree that it's incredibly difficult. It really to do, is. But it is possible. Here's an example. This is a pretty simple one, but pretty big deal. Um, the, the changing when we were in school. When we were young. When we were little. And we'd have to sit on the floor and the teachers would say, sit down Indian style. Oh, yeah. They don't say that anymore. No. But that was like what we grew up with. Mm -hmm. And our it's still in our brains. Oh, yeah. Like if if we're like sit down, we still think Indian style. Yeah, I do. But they don't say that anymore. They purposefully made a concerted effort yeah. to change the language. And they say crisscross applesauce. Yeah. Or whatever now. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know that that's bad. I think that's probably a good move. <laughs> no, I totally agree. Yeah. I'm, I'm just using that as an example of mm -hmm. like, it is possible to change language. And it's a pos and it's possible to do it to where it those kids, the kids now mm -hmm. who sit crisscross applesauce, won't have that association mm -hmm. with Native Americans. Yeah, <laughs> every sitting time a specific they sit way. Down, yeah, you know. No, I get you. Well, that that's interesting. And that also, what we used to do when we were younger was say "gay" to mean bad. Like, oh, that's gay. Yeah, I unfortunately I used that term. Well, everyone did. I I mean, it's certainly generational. We are geriatric millennials, mm -hmm. and I can safely say that using the word "gay" in a like negative mm -hmm. way to describe yeah. a thing. Yeah, yeah, or how your day went. Yeah, was so normal. Oh, yeah, it was just completely normal. That I didn't stop using that in that way probably until I was like 20, I was 21. way older before I stopped doing that. Yeah. And it was a concerted effort. It was effort that it took to, to do that. For me, it took a gay friend. Yeah. Being, like, I asked now I My find it friend, satirical. Like, you know, I said, hey, so when I use the word yeah. gay to negatively describe uh -huh. a thing, is that insulting? Yeah. And I mean, he was pretty nice yeah. about it. You know, he was like, well, yeah, <laughs> like, well, he's like, I know what you mean. And we're friends. So I'm not like mad about it. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's pretty bad. Could be could use a better word to to do that now i find it satirical so like i was i can't remember i think it was family guy or something and he fell and he skinned his knee and he went oh gay and i laughed because not because he said gay but because it's so inappropriate it's so not what you would say now yeah. Yeah. but it was family guy so they said it then and the the irony of that 
being something that you wouldn't do now mm -hmm. struck me as funny. Mm -hmm. So it's it's kind of converted into a satire for me uh, on that. I wouldn't ever use it unless I was trying to s say this is funny how the way we used to talk. Yeah. Well, I think that's also another good point. We don't use gay in that way anymore. So so see like lang we can change. We can change language. It's it just, just takes a it long takes time. It takes time and it ha and it takes a lot of effort. Mm -hmm. I think probably the reason why the the V or mm -hmm. the other the pronouns mm -hmm. didn't quite take off was because it was only coming from a small yeah. sect of of society yeah it didn't have full buy-in yet mm -hmm. from the larger group well see that's what also is interesting because about the language thing because different languages like english versus say korean versus chinese uh gender works weird ways in different languages and, and in russian they don't really have a word they um it's it's different things have to be gendered in russian and so it can be very, very confusing with language because really when we're speaking, we're referring to it in English. Mm -hmm. um, I think you have to have completely different conversations about what you need to do in Russian. Am I right or wrong about that? I know you're definitely right. There's a lot of languages out there that are completely structured or structured around gender. Yeah, so I think part of our, our uh, pronoun debate uh, needs to focus on like this is about English and how English works. Yeah, because English is completely is a completely different beast. Yeah, I've seen some people trying to argue against the they pronouns using other languages as an example, and I don't like that argument because you're taking the conversation to a whole nother place. We're not talking about what Russian language people need to do to fix their biases. We're talking about what English language people do need to do to fix their biases mm -hmm. i'm not worried about what portuguese people need to do to fix their biases i don't know i'm not i don't speak portuguese mm. but i do speak english and so i feel like that's a, a red herring it's something that a lot of the anti-pronoun people throw out in order to distract the conversation and when you hear somebody doing that i just wanted to put it out there that's a red herring it's not the conversation that we're having we're talking about us and um no one wants to have a conversation about what an what what Chewbacca would say <laughs> in Wookiee to be <laughs> referring to non-gender binary people. Uh, That's not a conversation we're having, and and it's a red herring to bring it up. Is my like, point. oh yeah, Chewbacca has a term for yeah. It. That's what I mean, and I've I I just wanted to arm somebody out there. If you've been in this argument with somebody, I've seen this happen, and that's a total red herring, and you should call them out on it when they do it because it's bullshit. Mm -hmm. Um, it's something people do that's bullshit. So I wanted to throw that out there as some advice because I've seen it and it's frustrated me. Okay, well, uh, aside from that advice, I also uh, would like to circle back and, you know, kind of wind down by saying that w this was an example of a conversation between uh, two people where I was asking, like, questions that I do believe a lot of straight white men probably have. Um, they might not be able to externalize it. Uh, I think, as I stated earlier, people are pretty stupid, so they're not usually that good at... <laughs> At articulating questions they have. And hell, I probably did a shitty job, but I did the best I can. You did pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. I did the best I can to to explain like how you can ask these questions and have these conversations and move forward and learn something without um, being defensive or angry or trying to um, to, to put a subject your subjective experience of the world onto other people. And I wanted to show that like as straight white men, we can do that. Um, but you just got to put effort into it. You've got to really think it takes real soul searching. It takes, I've been thinking about this inside about it for myself for days. Mm -hmm. Um, and 
it was worth doing, and I'm glad I did it. It was a lot of good self-examination. And U of I have had way more conversation about this in the last few days than uh, I think a lot of people have in, in years. And I, I think I wanted to bring that to the show, and I wanted to put it out there in the world for other people that are in the snow globe who might be uh, like me and have some internalized biases and realize it and want to have a conversation about them. And I wanted to give an example of how that could go. And this was uh, this was what I did for it. So if you're out there and you uh, want to know, you know, how to have these kinds of conversations, this was the best example I could give. It was my effort and my little piece, and uh, I just wanted to put it out there. And if you're um, if you're uh, gay and you you heard this and you, I pissed you off, I'm very sorry. I, that was not the intent, and I probably did fuck up, and and I'm sorry. So I just wanted to also put that out there. Well, if you want to hear more episodes where I probably fuck up and say things that will piss you off, you can find <laughs> you them definitely do. on our website. Carolinasnowflakes.com And if you uh, want to get on Facebook and berate me in front of other people and tell me how I was wrong, you can do that on our Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Carolina Snowflakes. And if you've had an experience similar or I got something wrong that I that you would like to explain to me, I really do want to learn and get better. So I would I would absolutely love an email. Carolina Snowflakes at gmail.com. Gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.